Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And today we have part four of You're Not Alone, a limited series on mental and financial wellness. We have all had a stressful year and we've heard from so many people, not just small business owners, that they're at their breaking point. This podcast series isn't just for small business owners. We truly believe that everyone can benefit from these conversations. In a year when so many people have had challenge after challenge, we wanted to find a way to offer some help and hope. We decided to reach out to our various networks to bring together a few experts that will hopefully give you some advice and guidance on how to keep going. We believe in the never say quit entrepreneurial spirit, and these experts will provide insight through their knowledge or own experiences on ways to keep on moving forward. This podcast has been released every Saturday in the month of December, and it's included licensed therapists as well as business and financial experts telling their stories and giving advice on how to keep yourself sane. On today's episode, we have Jesse Schultz to continue the conversation on financial health. Jesse is an entrepreneur and co-owner of Prime Pools in Toronto, Canada. Jesse is going to talk to us about recovering from near financial devastation and how his business has been impacted by COVID and how he's worked through the challenges. If you haven't listened to the other episodes in the series, we hope you do because they are all filled with tips and tools to help you through difficult times. If you haven't listened to the other episodes in the series, we hope you do because they are all filled with tips and tools to help you through the difficult times. Welcome, Jesse. Glad to be here, guys. All right, let's talk a little bit about your business. I know things are starting to wind down because it's snow time in Toronto, but how has your business been impacted by COVID? Yeah, um, so obviously by the name of it, I'm a pool builder. Um, And because no one is traveling this year, uh, my business is actually affected a lot differently than other businesses. Uh, our, Our industry has exploded actually. Um, and we've been nonstop calls, texts, emails all summer long about people who are either have pools, they want to renovate it or just make sure that they're able to swim in it. And then people that are coming in that aren't traveling anymore and they want to build new pools. And so it, it's, it's been a blessing. It's been really good, but there's been uh, lots of challenges that have come along with, um, the industry just basically doubling, tripling overnight. I imagine you've had supply chain issues. Yeah. So that was pretty apparent right off the bat. I mean, when this whole thing started happening in March, um, we, we had our year already almost planned out. So it, uh, we were fairly ready for it or at least ready for some of it, but we were in March, we were sitting there a little bit worried about what was going to happen. We thought, you know, maybe, a lot of people are going to back out. They're going to request their deposits back. They're going to not build pools because uh, we had no idea what was happening. Um, and then it actually went the opposite way. And so we we had a lot of stuff ordered on the pool side, but a lot of the landscaping supplies, uh, we didn't really have materials chosen. And a lot of that stuff doesn't really appear, at least uh, doesn't really become available to us until like that March, April area when the snow starts to melt. So all the new pricing and stuff comes out in April. And so we don't really even order stuff until, you know, partially when the season started. Um, And what happened was everybody started ordering stuff and we were seeing delays that we would normally find. We we would get material in a couple of weeks, a week, two weeks. Um, By mid-summer, we were three, four months, uh, 60 days at the very minimum, like 60 business days. And then some of the stuff that we have ordered, I still have on order that isn't going to come in until March. And that was ordered in like September, October. So we're still seeing massive supply chain issues, um, which 
then creates a, a tough time to actually get any work done and generate more revenue. So it's not like we weren't getting the business. We just actually didn't have the ability to do the business. I'm sure it's been frustrating trying to keep your customers informed while you're dealing with those supply chain issues and making sure that you're not losing any of them over the delays that everyone is experiencing. But the other side of that coin is while so many people are really, really struggling right now with maybe not even having any business at all, and and you're doing so well, how are you dealing with um, the guilt around that, um, if you have any? Yeah, so so that was um, that's something I've been struggling with the the whole year, and I think that guilt uh, I didn't really address it at first. It was more anger at everything going on around me, and you know, sitting there wondering like my business is is doing like I have a lot of business coming in. Why am I always angry? Why am I not happy here? I should be celebrating. Uh, and then it's really quick to look to your left and turn and see a friend that has multiple restaurants that's spent the last decade building his business. It's a very prominent brand in Barrie and uh, he's essentially losing it all. And, and so that's, that's not just one person. There's a, a bunch of people that I know that are in that position. And so it's really hard to you know, call them up and say, hey, everything's awesome on my end. How are you doing? When I already know that they're suffering and they're struggling and you know, they, they don't know what's gonna happen next week, let alone next year. Um, and, and so I'm just like, I've been internalizing that and I still haven't really figured out how to address it um, other than it's, you know, just reach out to people and see like how we can possibly help them. Outside of the obvious, Jesse, what are some of the consistent themes that you might have seen with the people, you know, who are having issues right now? Um, you know what, I think a lot of it has been very reactive from, from everybody's standpoint because we don't, we're not really told what's going to happen next week. You know, we're in, in a, we're in a, a zone right now that's just above lockdown. And so, you know, originally with a lot of these business owners, I have a couple of friends that own gyms as well. When they were allowed to open back up, they had to, you know, after four months of having zero revenue, they went to have to outlay thousands of dollars in PPE and protective, all this protective equipment that makes sure that they can operate safely. And to be told that we're, they're all shutting down again, or they're almost, they're, you know, they're going to be severely limited in their ability to make any income. And so I don't think, like, I'm not seeing a lot of them reaching out for help because uh, I'm a business owner as well. And it's really, really hard to do that. It's, it's more or less, you, you know, they're struggling just because of their situation. And so there, there's been some stuff in the community. There's been a lot of, um, you know, our community is great. There's a lot of small business owners here that do a, a wide range of, of different things. And some of them are doing really well. And, and they've started, you know, programs or at least stuff on social media to highlight some of these businesses that aren't doing so well and drive, try and drive more traffic to them. So restaurants, for example, you know, trying to drive people to order takeout at certain restaurants each week to make sure that they can have some revenue for that week. And uh, other than that, you know, our government has been, slightly helpful you know someone who has a, a a restaurant probably not being helped as much as they could be but other than that there's not a lot really going on right now it's uh it's a pretty tough time for everybody jesse when we talked last week you were sharing some of your experiences that you've had in some networking groups that you're a part of would you mind giving the listeners just a little bit of insight into what that group, what being a part of that networking group has done for you and maybe some things that they could do? 
Yeah. So um, I think that's, you know, that's uh, um, how do I address that? It's very hard for an entrepreneur and I guess uh, for me as well as a man to open up and, and ask for help or say that I'm struggling. And so I joined this group. I've been kind of looking for a group of, of guys just to like hang out with and, and be able to talk it's people that are like me that own businesses. And I haven't really been able to connect with anybody like in person in my town. And I found this group of guys and we meet once a month and we, you know, we are, we're in an email, a chat chain, but we meet month, once a month to just talk about what's going on and, uh, and voice our concerns with, with anything and everything, whether it's, you know, marriage related, a lot of the time it's business related and just bounce ideas and, and thoughts off of people and, and get that support. Um, and it's been, it's been a really good outlet because it makes you realize that most people are, are struggling a lot with the same issues and they just don't want to talk about it. And so when you're in a group of 10 or 12 people, and, you know, and three or four of them are all having these issues, but nobody's talking about it. And then finally they open up and there's six other people that have had whatever issue it is and they've gotten through it. Uh, it really opens up, uh, a really good line of communication where we can all be open and honest with each other and, and get solutions together. And then after implementing any of those, you come back to the group for some feedback and kind of share your experience. It's been really good, actually. And that's a great point to bring up that if you've had a problem, there's a good chance that somebody in your network has already had that problem or is currently experiencing that problem and that you can you know, share experiences and knowledge and all of that to, to make it better. Um, and the other thing that I really like is that you bring back that feedback so that once you've solved the problem, you can you know, bring that back so other people can learn from it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's a support system around you um, that like it's, it's not always like a simple, oh, that's a problem. Here's a solution. Go get it. Right. It's it's small changes maybe that you have to make. And so meeting every month, you can kind of update people on, on how you're doing or how, it, how that last change went. And then they'll help you suggest other changes. And what happens there is you form friendships where, you know, myself and, and Jim for say, like, you know, we'll call each other outside of the group because he has a lot more experience in that kind of thing that I'm dealing with. And then we'll work together. And it's just, it's just kind of people helping people. And if, you know, if everyone can find a group like that, or even just one or two people that you can kind of create that connection with, uh, it makes getting through anything so much easier. You're basically in your own mastermind group to some degree where you're focusing on not only business, but also personal, and you're getting a chance to talk through issues and just some of the anxieties that you may be having, which is really important at a time when so many people are just filled with anxiety and stress over the uncertainty of the world right now and everything that's happened. Yeah. And I think, you know, mastermind groups, uh, I like, I love mastermind groups, but I look at business as, as holistic, right? It's, you know, it, there's the business side, then there's the personal side. And I think that you can't have one without the other. Uh, and if you do, it's only for a certain amount of time and one's bound to fail. So if you are not okay on your personal side, uh, it's only a matter of time, even if your business is doing great before that starts to crumble and vice versa. If your business isn't doing well and you're, and you're like, there's only a matter of time. So finding people that you can discuss some business with and then the personal stuff too, it really helps to, to make it your whole life better. 100% agree. They are not independent. They are merged together. 
I'd like to take a minute now, Jesse, to just switch gears and, and talk about how, you know, even though your business is very successful now, it wasn't always that way and, and that you, you know, you almost had to close your doors, um, you know, a while back. Right. Um, so I'm just actually wrapping up our fourth year in business um, and it's it's going well, seemingly well right now, um, but that wasn't all the case, always the case. Our first year was great. Uh, it was myself, my partner, uh, a couple of guys, you know, we, we really bootstrapped the whole operation and we went to work, we worked our butts off um, and we did okay. And so that was great. We went into our second year business doing the same thing. We were, we were busier. We had more stuff on our plate. It seemed like we were working longer hours and just like getting a whole bunch of stuff done. Um, but what happened was I got caught up in the operation and we didn't really pay attention to the cash flow and the money side of things. And so we came to the end of the year uh, and, you know, hindsight, it's like, you idiot, what are you doing? But we came to the end of the year, we had a $35,000 bill with our supplier. We had other bills that were outstanding and we had no money in the bank. And, you know, we were sitting there like, what happened? Where, like, where did all the money go? And it's never good to ask that question when there's, already no money. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I, you know, I learned that lesson right off the bat, but when you're in it and you're wrapped up in it, I had a bookkeeper and that was great. But my misunderstanding was I just let her deal with everything and, and didn't pay attention at all to my cash flow, to my money. She's not my business manager. She doesn't understand. She doesn't do any of the sales. She doesn't do, you know, she, she does payroll and uh, accounts payable. And so she doesn't manage my money for me, but you know, in my mind, I was just like, she'll, she'll figure it out. She's dealing with it. And that's probably the biggest mistake uh, I've ever made in business so far. And so, you know, we come to this time of year, it's December. We don't have a lot of money. We definitely don't have any money to pay our suppliers. Um, and, you know, the first thing I did, and, and this is what I would always recommend to everybody is if you can't afford something, if you don't have any money, whoever you owe money to call them right away. Call them and explain the situation. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't say, I might pay you next week. We called our suppliers, anyone we owed money to right away. And we said, hey, here's what we owe you. We cannot pay you. We don't have the money to. Uh, with my business, it's, it, it's really heavy cash flow for the entire summer. So, you know, March, April hits, we're going to be able to pay this bill right off the bat. But I need you guys uh, to work with us here, you know, if possible. And because I was up front, before the money was actually due, we were on 30-day we terms. Uh, they actually okayed it and that was okay for one supplier. Um, and then another, uh, our fuel supplier did the same and we had to make small payments throughout the winter. Um, but we didn't have any money to pay ourselves. And so we're in March and, um, you know, we have monthly bills with the truck payments and the machine payments and we had nothing. We were like, we, I remember one week very vividly, um, sitting there wondering if I was going to be able to pay my mortgage and then if we would be able to feed my family. And I was like one button away from dialing to ask my dad to lend me five, 10,000, whatever he could lend me. He's not, he's not a wealthy guy by any means, but he'd be the only guy that I could admit this to um, because I, I didn't want to admit the failure. And uh, we ended up, I called a couple of friends and we ended up doing some work for them over the winter and, and being able to kind of like, squeeze along but every week for about 12 weeks was like extremely tight um you know having to to you know do we pay this or do we pay ourselves and how little can we pay ourselves to make sure that we can still pay all our bills my partner and i uh it was it was uh terrifying 
And when I first realized that was going to happen, um, it was panic mode. You know, luckily I called the suppliers, but you know, going home at night, I didn't admit this to my wife. I didn't admit this to really anybody except for my partners that knew this was going on. Cause I, I felt like I was a failure. Um, and we just had to make it work. And so we, you know, we did anything and everything over the winter. We didn't do pools obviously, but you know, I went and laid some flooring for a buddy for 500 bucks and he put some trim in for another guy for 500 bucks and like, just tried to as much money as, as much as we could do for whatever we could do it for just to get along. Uh, and that was like a super scary time. Um, knowing that, you know, we're in February and when it's the dead of winter, especially up here, nobody's really doing a lot. So it, it, there was a couple of lucky times. Like I had a friend that had taken possession of a house and was renovating it. And I asked him if we can come in and do some concrete work and, you know, work for cash here and there. whatever we could do to survive for about 12 weeks. It was uh, it was a nightmare. And yeah. um, <laughs> coming out of that, uh, I, I told myself we would never do that again. There's a lot of really translatable lessons in what you just said for both individuals and businesses. You don't have to have a business to take lessons out of that information. Making those phone calls, it's often the last thing that you want to do, but it's really the first thing that you should do. And I think people underestimate how much better you'll feel after you've made the calls and you've put started to build a plan or at least everybody's aware of your situation. And you're right, you do not want to sugarcoat it. You want to come at, them, come at whoever you owe money to with straight facts about when it is you think you can pay or what it is you can pay and then take it from there and you'll just feel so much better. Yeah, and and so that was a huge, um, I had to really swallow my pride and and check my ego in that, in that moment. Uh, and I'm glad that I had that happen. Now looking back, I'm glad that I had that happen to me years ago, but being able to have those conversations, I spent my whole life up until that point, not having those conversations and, you know, avoiding growing up as a kid, you know, I owe the credit card company money, just don't answer the phone. And, you know, like, hopefully I can get my next paycheck to pay that down. And I had to make a choice with my partner. And we just said, no, we gotta, we have to be open and transparent with everybody about this, uh, that, that we owe money to, right. And, and make sure they know what's going on. And you know what, if, if they work with us, we won't forget that. And luckily, you know, they did, they worked with us for that instance. Now we had an end to that and said, Hey, we know by this time I'm getting X amount of deposits. We're going to be starting up again. So can you give us till this time? And when that time came around, we had to make sure we had that money and we did have that money. And even that was super tight and super stressful because the winter dragged on a little bit. So we were late starting and, you know, we, we didn't want to ask for more from them after already being at that. Now going back, um, we did a postmortem with all of them as well and said, Hey, you know, what if this ever happens again? And they said, well, hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, you did the right thing. You come back to us again and, and we'll figure out how to work through it with you guys because you were so honest with us. So they actually, you know, commended us for, for that honesty. It was good. We're going to take a quick break to hear about visionary foods. We're going to take a quick break to let our friend Steve Lanner tell you about his business, Lashley Street Roasters. Hey, this is Steve, head roaster and owner of Lashley Street Roasters. And my goal is to get you the freshest cup of coffee possible. I don't roast the beans until you submit your order, shipped out within 48 hours. So when my coffee arrives, you've got the freshest coffee you've ever had. Check out LashleyStreetRoasters.com to submit your order online and make sure you submit now so you start off 2021 with the right amount of caffeine. Thanks, Steve. And you can connect with Steve with the links in the show notes. Now back to the podcast. 
and welcome back. Speaking of the 12 weeks of hardship that you had and uh, just everything that you're going through, did you have that conversation of just permanently closing your doors? And if so, what did that look like? So um, I don't think that we ever planned on closing the doors. Uh, we were, we had relatively low overhead at the time. You know, if we would have had to shut down, we could have started back up. Uh, but we did, it, it was, sorry, we didn't have the, the conversation about closing our doors because of us failing. We had the conversation of closing our doors because maybe this, this wasn't for us. Uh, it's like we had both just quit two years ago working for a company where we were getting paid more money actually at the time. Like we were making quite a bit more money for this company, obviously in the same industry. And we left to go and do it together. Um, you know, and this, so there's a really real conversation. I mean, like it'd be a lot easier just to have a lot less headaches and go back to making more money and, uh, and not having to worry about paying our bills, you know, um, but that was a quick turnaround because both of us have that entrepreneur spirit. Both of us want to create something, you know, that, that from nothing. And so we kind of had to give ourselves a smack in the face and, and say, no, that's, that's not what we're going to do here. We, we can't quit. We got to double down and we got to figure out why we failed, what happened and let's never have, have that happen again. And that's what we did. We, we dissected all the financials and we realized that, the 30 grand that we owed was the least of our problems. We actually lost about $150,000 um, and then left more revenue on the table that we just didn't charge because we were nice guys. And we went, hey, we'll do this while we're here. Um, and after dissecting that and, and being sick about that, we really realized where we screwed up. And then we also realized that it, this is very doable. We can do this. We just have to make sure that we're on top of the cash flow. We're on top of the money side of things. Um, and, and I guess because we're so passionate about what we do, like we love doing it. That was always a secondary thing and it still is, but you actually still have, you, you have to pay attention. It's the most important thing, obviously without it, your business doesn't operate. Is that a skill you learned or is that just something that's innate? It's a, it's a little like creating a budget in, in reverse, but it's, it's really more about the processes involved in how you run your business day to day. Yeah. So for me, I learn all my lessons the hard way. And, uh, but I don't like to learn them more than once if I can. And so learning that lesson and, and you know, realizing that we're going to make it through just by sheer will, uh, it's like, we have to figure out where we went wrong. So the, it, it wasn't really a skill I learned. It was just a necessity of like, um, don't, don't let that happen again. And how do we make sure? Well, we have to find out where we went wrong and we have to find out exactly where we went wrong. And we sat in my basement for hours with a whiteboard, pencil, paper, and went through, I had, I had boxes of receipts. We went through literally everything. You know, I didn't even involve my bookkeeper at the time. We just got everything and dissected everything and, and just kept, kept tallying it up. And, it, and the number just kept going up and up and up. And, uh, you know, we, we went over them a few times and from there, it was like, okay, let's make these three, four, five. And I think it worked up to about 18 changes that we had to really do because uh, we were just flying by the seat of our pants, no real experience in business. And if we do all of those and we really stick to them, we'll be okay. This won't happen ever again. Jesse, for the people out there that are having financial issues, do you have some words of wisdom for them or maybe some tactical actions that they can take to start to feel better 
It's unlikely that they're going to win the lottery tomorrow, but maybe there are some things that they can do that will start to improve their situation or at least give them a plan. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're a ways into this pandemic. So maybe a couple of what I'll say is it might already be implemented, uh, but downgrade your lifestyle. And so that was like the number one thing I ended up doing coming out of that was like, uh, what don't I need in my life right now? Um, and, and, and it all depends on what your goals are. My goal was to build a really kick-ass pool business and not have to worry about, uh, worry about paying for, you know, my wife and, and my kids and, and feeding them and stuff like that. And so how, how can you downgrade your lifestyle to make sure that that's the least of your worries? Now, my position was I was coming out of that. And so that all happened in hindsight, but I had wasted so much money the, the previous few years, just on my personal lifestyle. And it wasn't, and I wasn't living lavishly, whatever. It was just, I had bought a house. I overpaid for it. Um, you know, we had all sorts of bills and stuff that we just didn't need. And so, you know, we, we ended up selling our house, moving back to, uh, back to our city. I was living out in the country on a big property, took up a lot of my time to maintain it. We sold that, moved back to a house, I'm, uh, started renting, uh, brought our monthly payment down six, 700 bucks just from that, got rid of our property taxes. Uh, we got rid of like our cable bill. Like we really just, we had a conversation of what do we need in our life? What don't we need? Like, what can we live without, I guess? You know, we all want stuff, but what can we live without for now until we get to, and we set a goal. Till we get to this goal, what can we do without? And we just systematically downgraded our life, my wife and I, over the course of six, seven months and made it really affordable. And so actually, uh, I'm, I'm trying to give personal tips, but that was the biggest thing that really helped us. Uh, my wife went on mat leave, um, but she's a flight attendant. And so she is not going to have a job to go back to. Um, and if we did not downgrade our lifestyle, that would be a very, very big worry for us right now. And because we've done that, when that happened, uh, we were ready for it. And That's so she, she doesn't have to go back and we'll still be able to, to, uh, to go on. Those are great tips. It's such a, it's so smart to downgrade your life. And I think so many people look at that as something that's almost embarrassing to not be spending lavishly or being able to buy whatever you want all the time, but downgrading your life, it, it really helps you to take advantage of making your money go further, which becomes so important during difficult times. Trust us, it's better to live below your means and be able to survive tough times and ultimately to retire with more money than it is to live lavishly and buying things that don't mean anything. And for those of you who are not in Canada, mat leave is maternity leave. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some different Lego lingo up here. Um, but yeah, she, she's off until this coming fall, but now we know that she's off, uh, permanently <laughs> for now. And, uh, it, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, working for an airline is not the best uh, job to have right now. And so we're well aware of that she's got a lot of friends that are, are in some tough, tough places right now. And, and it's, uh, it's very stressful for everybody. We need to start wrapping up. We're so grateful that you came onto our show, Jesse, and shared your tips and your story of how your business almost didn't survive. There's such valuable lessons in what you've said, some, something for everyone who's listening. And Jesse, can you go ahead and just tell everybody how they can uh, find out more about you and your company? Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, 
basically Instagram is the only spot that, uh, that I really post anything. Uh, it's at prime.pools. Um, and I've been slacking on that lately because we're trying to wrap everything up and I'm the guy behind it. So I'll, uh, I'll have to post some, some more stuff over the winter. Thanks again to all of our listeners and our expert, Jesse Schultz, for all of the great advice today. Check the show notes to learn more about Jesse and his business, and feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Our contact info is in the show notes as well. This is our final episode in the series. We hope you found some value in the conversations and that you're finding ways to navigate through these challenging times. If you'd like to hear more of our business-focused podcast, head on over to bizquickpodcast.com. You can also visit our company's website at sbpace.com to learn more about us. Thanks for tuning in and be well. Thank you.